Welcoming everybody to the Longhorn Republic, your source for Texas Longhorn news, sports, and opinions with a bit of snark built in. We are a podcast of Burn Orange Nation, and you can find more great Texas Longhorn content over at burnorangenation.com. If you like what we do, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Helps get the show out there. Share this with your friends. Maybe you found it, whether it was Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, anywhere where you find fine podcast content. You can find Kyle and myself. Connect with us on social media at Longhorn Pod, Facebook and Instagram. It's the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. My name is Gerald Goodridge. I'm your host this week, like I am every week. And I'm joined by a man who, just like Baylor quarterback Austin Novosad, is still locked in to this podcast, Kyle Carpenter. Kyle, how are you? Here's the thing, Gerald. I've heard the advice, you know, date your wife every day. I I don't think it means, like, be in the we're dating around phase. I think it means (laughs) continue to treat your spouse special like that that new spark. Take them on dates, do thoughtful things, have butterflies. I I don't think it so much means, like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm on Tinder. I'm, like, with like six or seven different people I'm talking to right now. Like, I can't advise that that's the healthiest uh, relationship dynamic maybe it works for some people and I'm not here to judge nor shame nor nor you know tell people how they should spend the time in their bedrooms or depth charts but um, <laughs> but yeah it's, it's it's a bit weird one like no shade on the kid like shop around you committed to Baylor super early you saw your stock rise you played really well as a junior I get it date around but for <laughs> Baylor for Baylor, for this kid to have to release a I'm still committed to you edit in the style of all these commitment edits, it's like your sp- it's like your fiance or your spouse asking for a hall pass before coming to Vegas and then coming home and tell you that nothing happened. Like that's really <laughs> what it feels like. It's like wh- what is going on here? Like I don't even like what what is happening? I don't even know what's happening. By the way, if you guys didn't catch this, Kyle is is kidless currently. So like dating your spouse when you have kids is like I took out the trash without you asking, or those dishes I washed them right. It, the, it looks different when you have small children. I've got three, five, and under. So like for us, it's like hey, I took out the diaper pail without you asking. What's up? Right. Good to know. I have something to look forward to. That's fantastic, Gerald. Appreciate it. Um, let, let me let me just say this let me just say this if you're Baylor like she's so hot it's amazing you just you, you let her do whatever she wants but the best part about this the only part that feels good about this is we've seen Texas A&M coming out and spending again um, I, I think Gerald has made the joke that they've they've gone back from Bitcoin to oil investments but um, they're, they're yeah, spending the again and, and, and A&M still didn't have a quarterback they're trying to flip one but there, there was a lot of smoke that they were trying to flip Novosad uh, from Baylor so if you're Baylor at the very least uh, he still chose you at the end of the day he's still coming home to you y- y'all can work through this have some open dialogue and communication uh, you can get through anything um, but yeah let's 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 move on. There's a lot to say in the preamble. If they flip that kid that they're going to flip from out west, then just come out and say you're paying. Like, just come out and say it. <laughs> it's another conversation for another day. We're not here to talk about bag people, baggage handlers, as we coined several weeks ago. We're here to talk pass catchers, wide receivers and tight ends, and a little bit of running backs. We'll talk about that. We'll preview those. Got a pretty, pretty big down the 40. A lot of stuff. Things are starting to heat up on campus. And a lot of Texas athletes in some international competition. And we'll obviously close the show out with some bang the drum. So last year, the the type, the 
the wide receiver and tight end room, let's be honest, left a little to be desired. And that's not a shot at those guys. Xavier Worthy was one of the biggest stories in the country last year, had some issues early enrolling at Michigan, ended up, you know, was flirting with Texas before National Signing Day, was also recruited by Sark at Alabama. And so when things went sideways at uh, Michigan for him, their loss was Texas's gain to the tune of 981 yards and 12 touchdowns as a true freshman, nearly a thousand yards if Texas manages to not screw the pooch against Kansas to go to a bowl game and he probably hits a thousand yards as a freshman uh jordan winnington in only eight games uh was hitting 14 and a half a, a reception with three touchdowns and you know he went out with an injury that's kind of been a story uh, marcus washington you know has moved on to greener pastures or, or redder pastures or more cornfield pastures i don't know but um did did what he could do did his best uh in that role not necessarily his forte was better known as a as a blocking wide receiver but texas went out and, and aggressively hit the portal this offseason to try to improve that floor isaiah nayor one of the bigger wide receivers in the portal from wyoming ajayi hall from alabama and Tariq milton from iowa state uh, brendan thompson coming in probably one of the bigger names of the 2021 class one of the fastest names of the 2021 class as well coming out and, and obviously might see his name called earlier rather than later and then hopefully we get to see Troy O'Meary on a Saturday for the first time in his entire football career there's uh, other guys but that seems like the the names that Texas is going out to to, to target and so Kyle what, what I want to what I want to talk about for just a minute is like what are your expectations from a room that was super top heavy last year, but didn't really have much of a floor now going out and really improving that floor? Like, what do you hope to see? Do you still think Xavier Worthy is the guy and the only guy, you know, the, the number one target and the guy that they can blanket coverage on? Or what do you expect to see out of this past game now with hopefully more targets and more options? Yeah, look, we, we were enormous fans of Marcus Washington and like really loved his po- his potential, loved the, that he blocked his butt off. Like no matter what, if he wasn't getting the targets or he dropped a pass, he was going to go out and block and sprung a lot of those yards for Xavier Worthy and, and Bijan and other, other players um, as well. So first of all, let me just say, loved that kid a lot. Um, but you replace Joshua Moore, who, you know, did some some good things for Texas in his career. He, he's had some interesting, you know, maybe tough journey. He's not playing now for SMU after committing there. I don't know exactly where he's at latest, but you know, had some some upside, but also, you know, single-handedly lost the Baylor game, right? Like you you don't fumble, you don't do, you know. Anyways, it's not important, but like you look at what else was there, and just from a talent upgrade in the room and i don't think sark has it even where he wants it and i don't think sark is done and i don't think sark doesn't want more you know recruits and more like he wants not 40 of them but like seven really elite home run threats at any given time right like you think and that's how you know that's how stark likes to 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 stock his closet it's all name brand around here this is all gucci i think bringing in the talent level of of you know the upside that a jai hall has right like a, a guy who was going to feature in in alabama's plans uh isaiah nair who dominated at wyoming which different level of competition but you saw the upside the home run threat the go get it threat you you basically bring in uh those two alone right and we could talk about the other guys but you bring those two in you you automatically give more options 
there's also like a half of a transfer if this is the year that Jordan Whittington stays healthy because you've never really got him for more than five or six games a season. But if you could get a full season out of him and him being you know, Whittington being the most effective kind of third down receiver we've had in, in years, honestly, I mean, it's it's like you know Devin DuVernay uh, reliability with the hands, the, the, the David Thomas ability to always find himself open on third downs. He was really doing some good stuff for the team before getting hurt last year doing a lot of his damage on those third downs and then again Xavier Worthy one more year developed one more year under Sark one more year dynamic I think you 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 see what this can be what this group can be we'll talk about the tight ends in in a bit but just from the receiver room I think you're going to roll out Worthy Whittington Nayor a lot with those three and I think all three of them can do a little bit of everything all three of them can take it deep but I I honestly think all three of them shown even though Worthy's not a big guy that they can move the chains they can get underneath as well I think Worthy plays a lot bigger than than his stature he plays a lot mm-hmm. lot more stout uh, than than his size and I think one of the one of the keys to the season last year was was Jordan Whittington's injury you mentioned it but you know he goes out with a clavicle against OU and and it seems like the quarterback has one option in the passing game and so um, we saw Casey Thompson had a penchant to try to get it all in one uh, one fell swoop, and, and sometimes that went well, and sometimes it got intercepted. And so giving him another option, Jordan Whittington was the third down specialist. Jordan Whittington was the guy who you could find underneath for four yards on a, on a third and three, or he's a guy who you could throw it out to in the flats on a quick bubble screen, and he's thick enough to fall forward and get you a first down. And, and so that raises your floor quite significantly for Texas. And then again, you add Nayor as your kind of big boundary, big body guy, like you may not see the volume for Xavier Worthy that we saw last year simply because there are other guys to go to. And I think that's the thing that we're going to see is that Worthy may not have another, and they're going to call it a sophomore slump if he only has 700 yards or whatever, but there's going to be more food out there. And that being said, this is a, this is an offense that's going to see a lot, a lot, a lot of balls thrown uh, to a lot of different people. If you guys remember, um, when Sark won a wide receiver than the Heisman, there were three NFL players on that wide receiver core, and they all averaged somewhere around three to five-ish uh, receptions per game. So, like there are a lot of balls in this offense if the things go well. And then again, the the four we said it before, like the there are two ways to look at attacking the portal. You can either you either need to raise the ceiling of a group or raise the floor of a group. And Texas specifically, the ceiling's pretty high already. You've got Worthy if Whittington plays up to his status, Whittington's a pretty high ceiling as well. You know, he was a guy that Tom Herman said we're going to play him as a true freshman because we don't think he'll be here for 4 years. Like that's the kind of talent Jordan Whittington has. Injuries have killed him, but the the ceiling's pretty high. So Texas went out and shored up the floor. And I don't mean that as an insult to these other guys, but a guy like Ajayi Hall, you don't know what he brings to the table. He's he's untested, he's unproven, but he's a guy who can slot into that Xavier Worthy type, similar mold, similar model, raises the floor. You got a guy like Tariq Milton who kind of slots into that same Isaiah Nayor mold, who's kind of similar, similar game, similarly very quicker, I think, than Nayor brings to the table. And then Brendan Thompson comes in, who is, I think going like steps on campus as the fastest guy on the team and he brings another element of explosion to that offense and that doesn't mention like you said a guy like Troy O'Meary who we've wanted to see take that step and, and have a healthy season he was the talk of the town two years ago and he is he's your Tom Herman prototype wide receiver but those big bodies are needed you're going to have your jump balls in the corner of the end zone you're going to have I need you to go over the middle for six yards and hold on to this thing so if he if that knee if he can trust that knee if he can come in and play that's another 
incredible option for Texas. And then we haven't even talked about the tight ends yet, which is another, again, Texas, I think, raised the floor and almost the ceiling as well of that group by adding uh, Jaleel Billingsley out of Alabama. Yeah, look, uh, you're going to talk about tight ends and, and the floor and the ceiling. Here's here's like the honest, let's start with a, a dose of, of honest truth. The only tight end returning with catches in this group while wearing a Longhorn uniform in a meaningful game is Juan Davis. Juan Davis has career stats of one catch for zero yards. This this group has a combined zero yards on the 40 acres. Now, that's not to downplay Jaleel Billingsley, who had a nice little, little career and, again, was a name that Nick Saban expected to be the next guy up, to be, you know, the, the kind of NFL play, have one really good year at, at Alabama, go to the NFL that, that they've seen with some of their tight ends. Um, but but 37 catches, 559 yards, six touchdowns. The interesting part to me is 15.1 yards per catch. I, Isaiah Worthy, remember all the home runs last year, averaged 15.8, right? Like Whittington, 14.5. You're talking about a tight end who can get downfield, a tight end who can work the seam, a tight end who, you know, if a linebacker's on him, can absolutely separate. So um, Billingsley, really interesting. The 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 Juan Davis is a, is a guy we love, sure. Um, I, I think has a lot of things he can bring. We'll, we want to see them. Uh, but Jatavian Sanders is the name that's been on all the lips. And I, again, we've never heard a spring game or a, a, an off season where coaches, you know, weren't going to go undefeated this year, right? It's, it's very rosy uh, in the off season, but the name on the offensive side of the ball that's been on everyone's lips has been Jatavian Sanders. Remember he was a five-star who, you know, could do incredible things at the defensive end spot. Gerald and I thought maybe he would go there because we needed edge rushers and he was uh, an absolute force in high school, but he thinks he has NFL upside higher um, at tight end. And you've seen him go up and make one-handed catches over people so he can do that too. So again, this is a first chance to really see it. He was a freshman, didn't get a ton of run last year, seems to have really gotten the system, seems to really be, you know, flashing what he can do. And so this is, you know, a potential breakout candidate as a pass catcher. When you talked about Xavier Worthy getting less targets, well, it might be because Jatavian Sanders, who has zero in his career, and Jaleel Billingsley, who's never caught one at Texas, uh, both are going to come in and get a bunch, right? Those are two guys who can be kind of volume tight ends. They can each have 30 catches this, you know, in a season and, and a couple hundred yards. Like that's, that's not out of a couple, I mean, four or 500 yards. That's not out of the realm of what they can do because in this offense, when Gerald talked about the boundary guys in, in Nair who are stretching you deep worthy, who could slice and dice and run routes, you know, straight at you across deep post and, and, and his speed and his ability to, to get away from a back or a defensive back, uh, you know, you're absolutely going to blanket. You're absolutely going to keep an eye. You're absolutely going to bounce a little deep. So you, you want to give Billingsley nine yards in the middle? Sure. He might turn that into 14. Like, I think it adds a really good dynamic. And, and Gerald and I have long joked about the um, being the, the proprietors of the curse of Jermichael Finley. Not that we caused it, but we coined it. Um, that basically the Longhorn tight end room since Jermichael Finley left early to go to the NFL has never quite lived up to his potential, been able to stay healthy, avoided the curse. Um, my, my guy, Blaine Irby, I think we bring him up in every tight end preview, <laughs> like just had all the ligaments in his lower half of his body explode, or he would have been, you know, an NFL tight end. He was just amazing. He's also a good dude. Um, but 
yeah, I, I think those tight ends offer something where you're going to see those two t- tight end sets, and it's still what Sark wants to do where you can get downfield with anyone who gets to be on the field. Yeah, and I think it goes back to like the positionless football and the being fluid kind of thing, being able to do anything from from anyone. Like for Sanders, a lot of the conversation was that he he didn't need to grow as a receiver, he needed to grow as a blocking tight end. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why he didn't see the field a lot last year. And you and I, again, I will I will be the first one to say, like you and I were screaming for him to just play play DN. Like I I you should see the the DMs I have with Daniel Seahorn, our, our recruiting guy <laughs> uh, at at BON. Like he and I just we were screaming last year about like Texas needs edge rushers, like JT, if it doesn't click for you this offseason, like, dude, you got to make a choice. And it seems to have clicked for him this offseason. And I think the biggest advantage of having those two guys and, and, you know, we we joke, we made you know some jokes about Juan Davis, but Juan Davis is also a guy who's got a high upside. He's a very high upside athlete. And then Gunnar Helm is also on, on campus as well. And if he's able to develop having these these types of tight ends in the offense allows you to be multiple out of 12 personnel, because a lot of times when you think about 12 personnel, you think about the Big Ten, right? You think about putting two tight ends on the field and try a single back tight end trying to get a running back in an iso and get six yards right like you're trying to get your your six yards and and half of a first down or something like that and so being able to go multiple and have two tight ends on the field and then have them split out or have them slide out or have them kind of sneak out with i'm going to be honest with you i don't know if there are more than maybe five linebackers in the country that i would take covering Jatavian Sanders or covering Jaleel Billingsley. If he's lined up in line and you have him go out on a six yard out toward the sideline, I'm probably going to bet on Billingsley. I'm probably going to bet on Sanders. And so that to me is, is a secret sauce of this offense. And hopefully we'll see some of that this year. Again, Sark has, has forgotten more about calling offenses than you and I will ever know, Kyle. But like, if we can think of those types of things then I guarantee you, Steve Sarkeesian thought of them six years ago in his sleep. We talked about, I'm going to go back to the top. We talked about, we might see Xavier Worthy's numbers again. He, When we talk passing and you think about last year, it was all him. There were games where he had, you know, 70% of our targets. It was a one. I think he gets better as you talk about these more options, this multiple, these more looks, these more ways that you can slice you. You know, I also think his 981 yards not getting 1,000 is a travesty because there was about 300 yards left on the table by a quarterback who couldn't, always hit the deep ball. And again, we, we, we defended both card and, and Thompson at various points, but especially Thompson last year um, and playing through pain and gutting it out and, and whatever, but it's just a different level of arm talent that you brought, you bring in with, with Quinn Ewers. If in fact, as we predicted a couple episodes ago, he is the quarterback. Like it might be that worthy gets 51 receptions instead of 62, but instead of 980 with 51 receptions, he has 1100 yards because you could just see more game breaking touchdowns, more uh, big, throws that he goes and tracks down but you could also see any of these other guys i could see nayer getting a bunch of those you could see some big tight end 60 yard bombs with sanders or billingsley like you could see that ewers adds that dimension at the back end of kind of the passing tree where he can hit those deep over the top routes and you can have multiple guys running them when you have you know deep post seams 
uh, in straight go routes, and and a defense has to figure out an exact way. It stretches that field like you know it's very basic football, but it stretches and change, and then you know makes space for for the things underneath for your Whittingtons, your your Bijan out of the backfield, your tight ends. I honestly don't sleep on Gunnar Helm. I really like that he's one of the better blocking tight ends, and I think has some catching upside as well. But those guys to work and operate, maybe Troy Omieri in there if he if he's able to stay healthy and finally do what we hope. Those guys underneath as well could do some really some really I think elite stuff when you have a defense looking back. Texas will probably need uh, these receiving options, and obviously Bijan Robinson coming out of the backfield. We all love the Bijan Bijan kind of flying out into the flats for six yards and a touchdown. But uh, Texas will need these options because uh, it's probably going to be one. One of those like basketball basketball score to win a game type years for the Longhorns. So that's okay. The defense is still taking shape and we don't know uh, what it's going to be like. But next week we'll talk offensive line. Uh, I'm excited to actually have some offensive line advanced stats because I am the person I am and I'm not going to apologize for that. But we'll uh, talk offensive line next week and what Texas uh, hopefully can put in front and around all of these scoring players. So now's the part of the show where we whip around all the stuff that's not the people that catch footballs and we down the 40. Watchless season continues. Kyle, watchless season is still upon us. Going in chronological order, Bijan Robinson and Xavier Worthy were named to the Walter Camp Player of the Year Award. Watchless, Deshaun Jameson. Named to the Paul Horning uh, watch list and DeMarcus being overshone on the Lombardi and the Bednarik watch list. Those dropped Monday as we were recording this podcast. So as I asked last week, Kyle, which one of these players do you see think is the likeliest to bring home the hardware? Hmm. I'm trying to find a way to really diversify my answer. How about the Paul Horning Award? goes to uh, the most versatile player in college football. So if he wins it, that means that Deshaun Jameson has a kick return, a punt return, an interception return, and maybe let's just throw a fumble return all for touchdowns. Uh, you know, just just throw it in there. Four different ways to score and shoot. Maybe Sark Deion Sanders him for, for one trick play. Uh, and defenses think it's Bijan because, you know, pro football focus gets them confused. So maybe defenses will too. Uh, and, and then Jamison runs by them on, on a deep route and gets a receiving touchdown too. So um, if it works out that way, what a season that will be for for Mr. Jameson, our guy, the Shark. Obviously, Walt, the Walter Camp thing. I would in any in any other year, I would say that Demarvin Overshone has a shot at the at the Bednarik because he's going to play both linebacker and probably edge rusher in this season, so that's going to give him a lot of versatile stats. But uh, there's a guy in Alabama that probably should win the Heisman this year, <laughs> um, but he'll probably just sweep all of the defensive awards. So yeah, I think I think the Horning Award is probably uh, our likeliest candidate for for Deshaun. Jameson again a, a picks a couple of pick sixes a couple of return touchdowns and, and you've got a pretty solid uh shot at it so go, moving to the diamond softball I uh, needed some uh some bats and they added a specific bat who's from Leander hometown kid uh LSU transfer uh Bailey Brandon officially joined the program she's the number 27 prospect coming out of Leander high school played 15 games for LSU as a freshman uh, but decides to move closer to home and uh, suit up in burnt orange bring them Leander kids home I think uh, anyone in, in from greater Austin who leaves to go to another school in any sport can be forgiven as long as after their freshman year they transfer back to Texas I'm glad she decided to Leander back to <laughs> Leander come on with it I'm on fire 
today. That 7 o'clock cup of coffee is doing me real good. Keeping it on the diamond, uh, we had some questions about what the baseball lineup will look like next year. And so we have one less question. Outfielder Eric Kennedy announced that he will officially be returning uh, to the Longhorns for the 20. 20- 22-2023 season, which feels absolutely ridiculous to say out loud. Yeah, he wasn't uh, drafted, but there was some buzz that he might look to sign and teams were interested just because he has the speed that he does, you know, can play well in the outfield and, and you know, a couple retooling in the hitting could uh, have some good pieces. There's five tools they look for. You've heard those five tools and he's got a couple uh, on the elite scale speed um, and defense. So um, good to get uh, him back. And I think Eric Kennedy's a guy who himself would tell you he hasn't really put the full package together in the time on on the 40. He's had times when he's hit for power. Um, he's had times, you know, obviously when he's he's used his speed. But uh, I think hopefully next year, one more year, he can be an anchor on a team that's shifting and looking a little different. Uh, may um, be a center field candidate with uh, with with Dougie Hodo uh, going proto. So um, <laughs> yeah, it's uh, wow. Leaned up leaned out the photo for that one um no i i I, uh yeah i'm excited that that ek is back and i'm hoping for uh the 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 full uh package this this year from him someone who will not be back on the 40 acres next year marcus olivares signed with the kansas city royals so that's one that that texas will not have the option to slot into the lineup next year yeah, and, and Olivares was really good. He had, I think, the lowest ERA on the team, um, if I remember correctly. Like, 26 innings pitched, only gave up two earned runs, uh, 21 strikeouts in 26 innings. So he was not a, a lot of innings, but was very, uh, very good and useful when he got him. Um, one other piece of news uh, that came out in David Pierce's interview, I didn't see it necessarily circulating. I don't uh, know the player, but... TCU outfielder Porter Brown uh, when Pierce I think kind of broke the the Eric Kennedy news uh, as well in an interview um, Brown was a player who was academic all Big 12 um, was the big 2021 Big 12 championship tournament MVP um, was a Big 12 newcomer of the week back in 2019 so he's got um, some upside in his game for sure I'm gonna have to personally do a little bit more digging and seeing what what he's got and where he might slot in but uh, haven't seen that one break widely but it sounds like Pierce announced that so um, it should be on the the roster when it comes out exciting times Brandon Chappelle Named the basketball assistant coach. He was a assistant at UNLV a year ago. Nine years of coaching experience. Uh, most recently, like I said, at UNLV. And former trainer of Texas Longhorn. Uh, fan favorite. Urban legend. I don't know. Uh, Jacobin Brown. Mm-hmm. Guy that you and I love to talk about. Uh, but Brandon Chappelle. Experienced guy. And uh, supposedly a pretty solid recruiter. Yeah. He. he, he uh, like there's. There's. I think two. I mean, I, I'm not going to put uh, the Chappelle show up there with and make it three, though he had a good little career at Lamar um, under Billy Tubbs. But uh, the, the the kind of uh, the legends of uh, the Golden Triangle basketball, Jacoven Brown, who cult hero for Texas, and Kendrick Perkins uh, was actually a high school teammate uh, for Chappelle. So uh, he, he is in with with the uh, greater Southeast Texas basketball royalty that extends to the Houston scene. He's a good recruiter, um, kind of filling that staff. It's interesting, his beard slow played and was very specific um, about how he filled some of these positions, went through a lot of the offseason without them. Looks like you know Rodney Terry, Jaron Howard, and Brandon Chappelle are the uh, assistants now with Ogden still in the managing director uh, role there. So um, 
interesting staff, interesting uh, to see. Uh, you know, basketball still have a little bit of time before that comes, but, uh, but it's okay to start getting excited. It's never a bad time to get your hopes up for Texas basketball. Ha ha. <laughs> Swimming and divings. Dakota Luther and Olivia Anderson earned medals at the U.S. National Championship. Luther won the gold in the 200 fly and bronze in the 100 fly. Olivia Anderson brought home the 100-meter breaststroke, uh, setting a personal best in the process. Texas continues to dominate those waters. Volleyball's orange and white game has officially been scheduled for August 14th um, at Gregory Gymnasium. Free admission if you're going to get out there for that. Love to have you there. And Texas had not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, but six rowers. One gold with Team USA at the World Rowing Under-23 Championships. Uh, Kate Nifton, Fran Raggy, uh, Ann Jensen, and Caitlin Essie won gold in the women's four. And then Rachel Rain and uh, Lainey Nitch were part of the women's eight team that also won gold. Amazing. We are rowing you. We're, we're water uh, sport you. We need to get a water polo team. I'm sure we would dominate um, like the California schools do. Now, uh, Gerald, you mentioned, though, the, the orange and white game August 14th. That's not actually not the first game of the season. Soccer has an exhibition with an our, our incarnate word August 12th. That's that's like two weeks away, Gerald. We're, this is exciting. Like, we have relatively real sports. I think August 18th soccer against Lipscomb is the actual opener two sports for the fall semester um but that like it's around the corner that's that's real it, it's the the long uh quiet days of, of summer which you know when your teams go deep like softball some of our others did it's it you know it hasn't been that long i can't believe it's already already coming up again to the new season i love it that's why i appreciate the softball and baseball teams making a decent run in the postseason because it, it really the gap between baseball and like college baseball ending and Little League World Series starting <laughs> was short this year, which is really like Little League World Series was my precursor to actual like college sports. And again, Little League World Series, great. You should watch it. It's super fun seeing those kids uh, live out their dreams. And now it's a part of the show where we honor one of the best traditions in all of college athletics, Big Bertha, and we bang the drum brought to you by Joe Ruiz. So Kyle... What are you banging the drum on this week? Joe, we talked about a new season coming up. We know Texas is, is one back-to-back Director's Cup, so we, we understand that going for the uh, the unheralded, uh, or excuse me, un, 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 um, unthinkable non-Stanford back-to-back-to-back, it's going to take a lot. And, and, and for fans, you're going to have to root hard constantly for every sport. And I get that. You got to be on. That means you got to be on the internet. You got to be actively monitoring the comment sections. Yeah, I, here's the thing, guys. Just take a moment to enjoy things. Like, and, and I don't mean just our listeners and just Texas fans. If somehow we could get this broadcast across the greater internet and the sports internet specifically, but the greater internet. Just like, just enjoy things. I feel like, and I'm probably a part of it for you know a podcast with a bit of snark built in, but. Like, I feel like we've become so cynical and sarcastic just in this world, and we always have to tear everything down. We're too cool for everything. Like, just enjoy some things. Like, it's just just watch something and be happy about it. Enjoy that it existed. There was a, a video that made me feel this way with, with Sark and Chris Beard soaking their feet in a kiddie pool on the 50-yard line. Like, cheesy, sure, cute, okay, great. They're both like personable, telling stories, talking about the city of Austin, talking about the things they love. Like, there's nothing wrong with a video. It's it's you know, it's a running mill like hype video with two big name coaches from from two marquee sports. Um, 
But obviously the comment sections turn nasty. They turn nasty from Texas fans who say they both need to be spending more time focusing on winning. And obviously from Texas Tech fans and other sports just, you know, tearing down. And and just like, it's funny to see like that much negativity. And then you see a national writer or something, you know, retweet or comment on and say, oh, this is great. These guys are hilarious. You know, like it's just like when you get out and you zoom out and you get out of the bubble a little bit, like, it's fun that Beard does fireside chats and you see his personality and he's kind of a big dork. Like, it's fun that Sark comes in and, you know, tells stories and, and you know, talks about his junior college days. Like, that, that's fun. Like, I, I, I like that. I like that these coaches are personable, good, fun, interesting humans. Like, let's take a minute and just enjoy that we're watching sports played by kids, mainly, who are interesting humans and are humans and coached by humans and i know it's easy to boil everything down to did we win are we happy are we worthwhile because our team won like just just enjoy the good stuff again we're starting a title defense of the best athletic program in the country for the third year like just just enjoy it kyle and i are usually in pretty pretty good rapport pretty good simpatico but he and i are like spot on uh, on things today and and again like everyone just call we we have monetized a children's game, right? Like, in its purest form, it's children running around a field throwing a ball. So, like, I and I get my emotions way too tied up into it, too. It's fine. But, like, everybody just chilling. On that same note, I'm banging the drum this week on I need everybody to stop letting your entire mood and your entire countenance rise and fall on the decisions of 17-year-olds. As a person who was a youth pastor for five years, I'm going to tell you a secret. If you don't know this, um... Trying to understand the decisions of teenagers is a fool's errand. Anybody that's raised teenagers, been around teenagers, just they'll all agree with me on that one. But like a month ago, Texas fans were through the roof about the decisions of a 17-year-old. And, and Kyle and I were excited as well. And then this last weekend, some 17-year-olds decided they were going to other schools. And it felt like um, sky is falling. Texas fans were out there in full force. And I'm like, everybody, like – a month ago, we were all celebrating and, and slapping each other on the back and shooting off fireworks because Arch Manning committed and a bunch of other kids came with him and Jonte Cook came with him and blah, blah, blah. And like, everybody, let's just chill. We're in the we're in the home stretch of the offseason. The offseason has been extra offseason-y this year. And so let's just, for the next month, it's like it's 30-ish days away from from college from actual college football kicking off we're like 33 days away from texas itself kicking off so like everybody just take a chill pill let's try not to be so off (laughs) season-y and just chill let's just chill for the next month everybody chill be easy my homies and that's all we've got for you this week kyle where can the good folks find you on the internet Oh, you can find me on Twitter.com. You can follow me at Kyle Carpenter. You can also follow the Texas Pregamer at Texas Pregamer. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at G.H. Goodridge. Follow the show on Twitter at Longhorn Pod. Facebook and Instagram, the Longhorn Republic. Or shoot us an email, LonghornRepublicPod at gmail.com. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. And until next time, hook them. Hook them. We're going to throw the ball a lot this year.